a new love for like human anatomy and for teaching because a lot of stuff goes into human anatomy that again, I wasn't really thinking about when I was taking on all these jobs and taking on my education. But you know, there are so many other things going on in the body that you can learn from. So I started developing a new love for that. And I would get interns coming in who would rotate through. And I realized at that point that I actually loved teaching because I loved being able to tell, tell them, you know, what things were and kind of put things in perspective for them as well. Welcome to the People of Pathology podcast. I'm Dennis Strank. On this podcast, we explore pathology, laboratory medicine, and forensic science. So today we're going to link together a few different fields, and these are anatomy, forensics, and medical education. And we're going to do this through the career path of today's guest, Sarah Sabatino. Sarah is currently the Anatomy Labs Program Manager at Drexel University Medical School. She also has a master's degree in forensic medicine. She is an autopsy assistant, and she runs the body donor program at Drexel. We'll be talking about all of these things. So here we go with Sarah Sabatino. Now, I know both both of your parents are, are nurses. And yes. I'm, all right. So I'm curious about that because it seems like <laughs> at, at a young age, you would have had uh, this, this kind of influence. So, so tell me about this. Yes. So it's actually one of my favorite stories about my parents is how they met. They actually, they met over a dead body. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's unusual. Which explains a lot about me. Yes. Personally. Okay. So, yeah. So my mom, both my parents are nurses. My mom at the time, this is back in the 80s. Uh, my mom was a nurse and my dad uh, was working as a phlebotomist at the time. And one of my mom's patients had sadly passed away and she had to move the individual to the morgue. And she was by herself and she realized she couldn't do it alone. So she called out to the hallway to the first person that was like walking by and it happened to be my dad. So the two of them, I moved this individual to the morgue and I believe he asked her out very soon after. So, wow. like I said, explains a lot about me uh, and my parents. But but no, seriously, growing up uh, with the two nurses, with my parents as two nurses, uh, I was always able to run to them when things were weird with me or like off and I was sick or had weird bruises or things, I could always run to them and ask what was going on. But I was also able to hear about different stories that they had encountered uh, at work. And medical conditions just started to fascinate me. And when I ultimately decided that forensics was a path that I wanted to investigate, they were very supportive. And uh, they actually helped me by setting up a couple different shadowing opportunities that uh, they had come across. And the one that most most stood out to me was a hospital autopsy. So I got to go and uh, witness the autopsy, which was wonderful. And it was so incredible to be able to have this experience. And it solidified, thankfully, that I could handle it. Uh, and also that it was something that uh, I wanted to continue doing and learning about. And thank goodness I loved it. And I I didn't faint, which I was very nervous about. Yeah, yeah, I know the feeling. Um, yeah, those those shadowing opportunities are so important. I, you know, I've learned through many of the people that I've talked to, like those were kind of the things that really 
solidified the decision of the like the career choice for them or really kind of changed their path in a in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. If you go in and you're you're thinking that this is what you want to do with your life, but you've never actually experienced a morgue or an autopsy and you go in and it just might not be what you hoped it would be or you might be taken aback and you might hate it. <laughs> so yeah. it's definitely very vital to get those shadowing opportunities when you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious, did your parents like they did they want you to be a nurse also was that something they pushed no. you towards no okay no <laughs> they were very much like try something else <laughs> they were always very supportive and if i did ever come back and say that i did want to follow and become a nurse they would have absolutely helped me and and guided me to that point but they really wanted me to try something else okay i see that's so good good support at home too that's yeah. that's that's important. All right. Now you have kind of a, a, another interest though. It's which was in law in, in law enforcement. And I think from what I read, this kind of came from a family member also. Can, can you tell me about that? Yeah. So, so growing up, I was an only child. So our family is very small. Uh, and my uncle is a county detective for one of our local counties. And I was oh. obsessed with him growing up. <laughs> so I just wanted to learn everything that he was doing. And when he had the opportunity to tell me his stories, like he would tell me about the bad guys he was catching and he would tell me about different cases and he got to do undercover work. And I just thought it was so cool. (laughs) And I just wanted to learn everything I could from him about like everything he was doing. I loved the stories. And again, my parents being as supportive as they are, they saw this interest and they... (laughs) So again, we're, we're a very small family. So our bonding activity at nighttime would be to sit around the TV on like Mondays, uh, Wednesdays and Fridays and watch crime shows. So Sure. Good, good, the, good family uh, event. Yeah. Yeah. Good bonding time. Right. So the top two that we watched were uh, Rizzoli and Isles at the time. And, mm-hmm. and uh like, I just remember, you know, the in the shows where they're always wearing the jackets and they're like navy blue with like the yellow lettering on the back and it either says coroner or crime scene tech. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I remember my mom, one instance, one instance, we were sitting there and she just said, I can picture you in one of those jackets. And I was like, I think I can too. <laughs> Wait, so how old are you at this time? This is like eighth grade. Oh, all right. Eighth and ninth up to senior year of high school. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and and so you're this is when your your uncle is telling you stories about undercover work and stuff. Okay. Yep. And I'm just like, yeah, this is awesome. This is so cool. You did what? Like I want to learn everything. Right. Right. No, okay. <laughs> I can understand that. Now, <laughs> so you've got kind of the the medical influence. You got the well, I guess with the law enforcement inf- influence like did, did you ever think about being like a like a police officer like your uncle was like detective I, it had crossed my mind very briefly um he used to get me some swag from like Quantico because he would go for like conferences and he's like mm, do okay. you want to try this and I was like I don't know like I'm still I'm not sure what I want to do yet so thoughts that always crossed my mind like in high school and honestly I had no idea what I wanted to be in high school. So I was 
mostly focused on sports and boys. So <laughs> I was like, not sure what I wanted to do at the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's when I started getting introduced to those shows and, and my parents' influence and my uncle's influence. And I realized that like, while I was watching the shows, I was really drawn to the forensic pathologist side of the story. And I was really interested in the autopsy and like, what were they finding on the body? And like, what were they finding uh, during the exam? I realized that at that time, I thought the only way to attain that goal was to become a doctor. So I had no idea at the time. So, you know, I focused my, the rest of my high school career and the beginning of my college career on joining a pre-med, pre-med track uh, in college to eventually go to medical school. And my sophomore uh, year, beginning of my junior year of college, I started actually touring these campuses and touring medical schools. And it just was not for me. <laughs> like I was watching the med students and I'm like, there is a lot that goes into this. Like, I don't think I fully grasped all of the the time that meds that fully grasped, like what med school really entailed. So okay. I really wanted to focus on one thing. I was like, I want to focus on forensics. How do I get that into my life? And one of the medical colleges that I was touring started to promote a master's program that was specific to forensic medicine. So you could get your master's, you could learn everything about the field of forensics because there's so much that goes into forensics. And I was sold. So it was everything that I wanted. I got to learn about different ritualistic ceremonies. And I got to learn about accident reconstruction. I got to learn about different firearms. I got to learn so much, so many things that I never had any idea that they existed before this class. And then after this course uh, was getting to the end, I was able to have an internship with the Philadelphia Medical Examiner's Office, which was also just so insightful to the field. And it proved that it was exactly what I wanted to be doing, which thank goodness I found this program. And I made so many meaningful connections throughout this program, too, that yearly I get to have the opportunity to get invited back to actually lecture to the current classes and tell them about my job as a forensic autopsy technician and uh, lab manager. Oh, that's pretty cool. You do that every every year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's usually every December I get to go back and talk to the new students. Okay, that's that's really interesting. And it's really good to sort of help the uh, what the, the next generation i guess of forensic scientists yeah and when they have me come in it's usually um when they're starting to do their like introduction to uh i forget what the actual course name is called i think it's an introduction to pathology and yeah so that's when i get to talk about autopsies and like say like this is what your course is about like this is what you you can do this is one of the tracks that you can have and follow that's do you ever like to become sort of a mentor for some of these students for a while i i was uh when i was at my last institution i was able to take some as uh interns okay they would follow me and i would be able to talk to them and show them things uh inside of my lab and kind of go over you know, uh, what they would be seeing at autopsy and, and help them get shadowing opportunities and things like that. 
Okay, that's great. That's great. I like that. You, you know, you mentioned that you did an internship at the Philadelphia Medical Examiner's Office. Can can you are you able to talk about that a little bit? Like what kind of things you did there? Yeah, it was um, it was wonderful at the at the time that I got to do it. It was so insightful. So I was uh, I interned for the Medical Examiner's Office uh, twenty eighteen, I believe. I only got to do it for a couple weeks. Uh, yeah, for like about two months. And I was able to assist the the investigators with crime scenes. I was able to uh, view autopsies. Uh, I did a lot of paperwork. <laughs> I did a lot of phone calls and just a lot of uh, office work that they needed help with. But every time that they had a call, I was able to, I, I worked with a partner, uh, another student. And every time they had a call, we were able to go out with them and just learn from them and see what they were doing in the field, which was really cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I see, it seems like this would be like, you're doing this and you're going, okay, yep, this is exactly it. I mean, aside from the paperwork, I suppose. But, <laughs> Mundane paperwork. I actually love paperwork. Okay. Like, everything's so just right there for you. <laughs> okay. That's that, that's that attention to detail that is yeah. very important. Okay. Now, r- right now you, you work at uh, Drexel University at the medical medical school and can you take me through okay so you've you graduate your with your master's degree and now you're at drexel can we kind of go through that time in between and what you were what were you doing there yeah so the time in between i had graduated with my master's degree and i actually got hired as the main autopsy technician for montgomery county coroner's office here in pennsylvania okay uh and it was amazing. I was so happy. Uh, through this job, my main responsibility was performing uh, forensic autopsies. I was managing the morgue side of things. And I was also able to assist uh, deputy coroners at crime scenes. If they had anything that I could help with, uh, they, they always invited me along, which was always nice. And uh, through this job, I began discovering a new love for like human anatomy and for teaching because a lot of stuff goes into human anatomy that again, I wasn't really thinking about when I was taking on all these jobs and taking on my education. But you know, there are so many other things going on in the body that you can learn from. So I started developing a new love for that. And I would get interns coming in who would rotate through. And I realized at that point that I actually loved teaching because I loved being able to tell, tell them, you know, what things were and kind of put things in perspective for them as well. So this was the career field that I wanted to be in. But at the same time, it was really tough work. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So the county that I was working for um, at the time, it currently is, it still is, it's the third largest county in Pennsylvania population wise. So the caseload was insane. <laughs> It was so large. So, and I was the only autopsy tech working Monday through Friday. So our average caseload would be five autopsies per day and it could go up or go down, but it was, it was a lot. It was very draining um, Mm -hmm. emotionally and physically uh, to be able to keep up with this casework. So, you know, as much as I loved it and I, I did it for a while, I ended up actually coming back to the graduate school or the the school that I got my graduate degree from, which uh, it's called PCOM, 
it is a medical school, but it offers graduate degrees. Uh, I was able to come back to them and I started managing their human anatomy laboratory full time. I was also able to keep working as an autopsy technician part time. So I was able to keep that in my life, which I which because I loved it so much and I didn't want to let it go. So while I was at PCOM, I was able to teach medical and graduate students human anatomy, uh, which I found a new love for. And fast forward a couple years later, I actually currently am working for three uh, local counties as a per diem autopsy technician. And I currently have, uh, I currently work at Drexel full time as their anatomy labs program manager. And we're actually just getting ready to start our, our medical student class. We're actually just getting ready to welcome our new medical students next week. So I'm really excited to meet them and to start teaching them. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to talk about that role a, a little bit later for sure and get into that. This is the People of Pathology podcast with our guest, Sarah Sabatino. We'll be right back. LabVine is an interactive online learning platform where laboratory professionals learn, develop, and discover by sharing knowledge and building on each other's experience. The platform provides global access to internationally accredited laboratory-specific courses and other resources developed by lab specialists like us for the laboratory industry. LabVine is free to sign up, and you can use the link in the show notes to get started. Now for the rest of my conversation with Sarah Sabatino on the People of Pathology podcast. Um, before that, though, I, I know you're, you actually you also have a role in the body donor program and this yes. I want to talk about for a bit. Cause, um, it, it, cause this is interesting. This is an important, uh, position. So, right, so first of all, how did this position come up for you? Thank you for asking about that because the body donor program, it's really so important to me and it's so important to medical, medical education. But so the body donor program in Pennsylvania, there is a nonprofit agency known as the Humanity Gifts Registry. And this program is responsible for distributing donated cadavers to the medical schools and dental schools across the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So every campus, every campus that's involved in this program, which is every medical school and dental school in the Commonwealth, has a representative that helps manage the program. For Drexel, for Drexel, Philadelphia, because we do have two campuses. Uh, we have a West Reading campus and they have their own individual who manages this program. But for Drexel Philly, that's me. So basically what the responsibilities that I have for this job is I get to work as a liaison uh, with the families, both before donations, as well as uh, after donations, when studies are completed, I get to meet with family members and reunite them with the ashes of their loved one, which is really wonderful. Um, and it's one of the more humbling aspects of this role. Uh, I actually get to speak with donors uh, prior to their passing. So I get to talk to them and I get to kind of talk to them about, give them details about our program. I get to learn about what's motivating them to donate. I get to learn about their lives and they'll share so many things with me. So they can, they'll talk about uh, illnesses that they've had throughout the years. They'll talk about you know, family, they'll talk about why they want to continue, why they want to donate to the program, which is always just very humbling to be able to talk to these people yeah. who are going to give themselves so intimately to other people. 
that has to be very um like emotionally heavy at times i imagine how, yeah. <laughs> how, how, how do you deal with that oh i have cats at home and they take away a lot of the stress okay <laughs> can relate yeah <laughs> no but um it is emotionally heavy but it's also extremely rewarding to be able to talk to these people and 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 talk to them about what they want to do and how they want to impact people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then uh, what about like talking with the families? Is that, I have to think that's got to be equally heavy at times. It can be. Uh, we, we, there are usually lots of tears. Um, they're either happy tears or, or sad tears, but that's another rewarding part of this program is that I do get to meet with the family members and, during our meetings, I always make a point to, first of all, tell them how grateful we are to them, because this is, as much as it is the individual who donated, it's also very heavy on the family. Sure. So having the opportunity to tell them, thank you for following with your family members' wishes. Um, I always let them know that Drexel is very, very appreciative of that gift. And I always take the time also to ask them why their family member wanted to donate. Um, just to kind of get a conversation started. And that's usually when people start, you know, they kind of take a sigh and they take a seat back. And that's usually when tears will start to flow uh, from both of us. <laughs> Me too. And they'll talk about, it's always the same theme where their loved one just always wanted to help somebody. So they just wanted to continue helping and they wanted to have an impact past themselves. Uh so that's always the major, or sorry, that's always the the theme that I I get to learn from these people is they wanted to help people and they wanted to keep teaching mm-hmm. and they wanted to have an impact on medical education and research. That's such a what's the word? It's, it's such like a pure um, motivation, I guess, mm-hmm. to do something like that. And, um, I think that it, it, the work that you're doing there is really important. And that's why I wanted to talk about yeah. it a little bit. It's truly a very selfless act yeah. that someone can give. Yeah. If not the most selfless act that you can give to another. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> cause yeah. Cause you're, you're, it's like you're, it's, it, it's helpful, I guess, on different levels cause you're helping to educate the medical students, but then they use that knowledge then to help other patients. Yeah. And that's actually another point is being able to watch the medical students learn and interact with their cadavers is also extremely humbling because, you know, the first day of lab, students are so unsure and there are so many emotions going through uh, how they'll be feeling during the lab. But when you watch them in a couple months, they really form a relationship with their cadaver. And all of our students actually come to know these individuals as their first patient, which is somebody who in it, who just stays with them throughout their medical careers. So it's funny, like when I'm out and I meet doctors, whether I'm at like a doctor's appointment or, you know, you meet somebody out on the street and you get talking about your careers. Uh, whenever I meet doctors and I tell them what I do, they always immediately go, I remember gross lab. I remember my first cadaver. Like it, we, we actually named them so that we could give them some humility back and, and keep them as a human because all of our donations are kept strictly confidential. So students don't know names. They don't know anything. Mm-hmm. 
personal about the individual. Uh, so this is that's a way that they can kind of bring that humanity back to their anatomy lab and keeping that relationship with their donor uh, very bright. Okay, I, something you said that you, you, the they they come to think of the the donor cadaver as their first patient, mm-hmm. which is that never occurred to me, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, this is the first <laughs> individual that they will have an interaction with in some way, in the most intimate way. Uh, so yeah, they always that at least it's very uh, prevalent on our campus that we hear is uh, them referring to their individual as their first patient. Okay. I like that. That's, that's a very good, uh, that's a good perspective. I think that's definitely something to, to learn from with that. All right. As part of the, you're, you're the manager of the anatomy labs at, at Drexel medical school, which you mentioned. Um, so let's talk about how you got into this position and then kind of, I don't want to say like the day-to-day role or, but kind of an overview of what, what you have to do. Yeah. So, uh, Back, uh, rewind back to like when I was accepted to my master's degree. Okay. Uh, I soon realized that I had to leave my small Scranton, Pennsylvania town and move to the big Philadelphia city. And to do that, I needed money. So to fill that need, uh, I applied for my college's work study program. So the, I was fortunate enough to get a position and shadow the school's embalmer, who was a wonderful man. Uh, his name was Herb. I think when I started working with him, he was about 80. So he was kind of, okay. this is like his last job that he really wanted to to do. And, and nobody else was applying for the position. So I'm like, I'll do it. Like, I want to apply for this position. So... obviously I wasn't allowed to like help him embalm, but I was able to shadow him and I was able to uh, observe him and see what he was doing. He taught me about different dissection techniques. He taught me about different extractions that medical students need to know. Uh, He taught me how to manage a lab. So yeah. And now like at this time, Herb was like 84 years old. So he did need some help with with moving things and, and managing things. Uh-huh. So after a couple of years working with Herb, he ended up retiring and I was actually able to apply for his position and, and continue doing everything that he had taught me for the school. So that was how I got into managing laboratories and managing the, the gross anatomy aspect of human, of um, medical colleges. Um, so then, as I had mentioned, I hopped over to, to Montgomery County Coroner's office for a while. And that was all before deciding that my true career path uh, laid in teaching. So at Drexel College of Medicine, I am currently the anatomy labs program manager. So that means I'm responsible for the setup of our Philadelphia Drexel campus. And I'm responsible for making sure that all of our courses are running smoothly. So I have to make sure that the medical students are ready to go. Their course is set up. uh, Their donors are all accounted for. And uh, we hit the ground running on the first day of classes. And then throughout their entire course, I'm also making sure that they're, they're doing everything they're supposed to be that they're taking care of their cadavers that which really isn't a problem because they do that without me having to tell them and just again making sure that 
you know, little projects are set up for everyone to have a good first year. So on top of that, I also help teach anatomy. So as I'm wandering through the room, I get to stop by tables and help point out structures and help them find structures, which I love doing. So (laughs) that's always fun to be able to walk through classes and point out different nerves and things. And I love the aha. I love the aha moment that they have when they're looking for something and they can't find it. And I'm like, oh, it's here. And they're just like, oh my gosh, you're so smart. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I, I was going to ask you about that, that, that aha moment, or like, I, I sometimes call it like the light bulb moment. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I love the light bulb moment. And then being able to explain two different, like how two different things are actually connected. And they're just like, yeah. Oh my God. Like watching their eyes light up and it's like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. I'm like, I love that. Um, yeah, so those are most of my, my jobs throughout this program, but or throughout my, uh, my, uh, career. But I also, um, again, help with the body donor program. I help manage that on the Drexel side. And then I also have the opportunity to help with every little projects that we have. Um, so right now we have a project going on with, we have an anthropology project going on. Uh, where we're photographing and documenting and archiving bones that we have on our campus uh, to make sure that they are archived correctly and make sure that they are um, being stored correctly in the right paper with the right pens and everything is archival. So that's been really fun to be able to jump on that project with the students. Okay. Where did the, where did these bones come from? Do you have any idea? They're just teaching. They're oh, just teaching oh, okay. that on Drexel's campus for who knows how long. And we want to make sure that they are uh, being ethically sourced and that they are, uh, uh, the ethics are, are present in these bones. So we want to make sure that they are being taken care of and that they are, they're not for student use. They're just for, for our um, anthropology collection. Oh, I got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it seems like there's a, a lot of parts of this position that would be very rewarding for you. Absolutely. So, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess it make, makes it easier to go to work every day. <laughs> yeah. I'm very happy. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's great. Which I love. Yeah. Excellent. And I, and I imagine the, the medical students, I mean, you probably sort of build relationships with them and I, I bet they really appreciate the work that you're doing. Absolutely. Like I said, so this is my first uh, medical student class at Drexel because I, I I came over last year. So this is okay. the first class that I get to actually uh, meet with. But at my last institution, I was able to form those relationships with the students. So I'm so excited to get to do it this year with a, with a new school and a new environment and new students. Okay. That's great. That's that's. That's that's really important work. All right. So the, the last thing that I wanted to ask you is for, for someone who might be interested in a career in medi- in forensic medicine like 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 you, uh, what sort of advice would you give them of how to get to where they want to go? Yeah, I would say, I mean, it's always it's just so important to just chase your passions. So I always believed that I would be in a I would be in a field going to crime scenes and doing autopsies every day of my life. And um, I realized that I wanted to do more than that. And I was able to discover teaching. And I found that to be extremely rewarding, which I never thought I would want to do. I am not a public speaker. Mm. Teaching never crossed my mind. (laughs) But it's so 
funny how like when you actually enjoy something and you're knowledgeable about something and you want to pass that passion on to other people, it's so much easier to be able to teach students that way. So it's also, and it's also so important to just keep educating yourself about the different paths that you can take. And if you are serious in forensics, make sure that you know that there are different paths in forensics that you, that are available to you. So you stick with your goals and sometimes it's important to just take a pause and refocus on your goals. Okay. I like it. I like it. That's great advice. I, Sarah, this has been really interesting. I appreciate learning more about you and the, and the important work that you're doing. Uh, so at Sarah Sabatino, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. If you're looking for another episode of the people of pathology podcast to check out after this one, here's a clip from my interview with forensic anthropologist, Dr. Jan Marie Truesdell. I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword. So on one hand, it has brought a lot of attention to the fields. Uh, people know what, let's say, forensic anthropology or death investigation, people know what that is, sort of, <laughs> um, in, in broad strokes. But they know what that is because it's on TV and it's become, it's it's been given sort of a certain coolness factor that it never had before. It's sort of been um, brought into the public eye in a way that it wasn't. And that's attracted some really good people into the profession. Um, so that's a good thing. But on the other hand, it also brings problems, um, the kind of problems that have sort of come to be associated with the CFI effect, which that term actually can mean several things. So one of the definitions is that it it misrepresents, it, it misrepresents what people actually do and how long it takes them to do it. You can hear the rest of my conversation with Dr. Truesdell in episode 149. All right. Great. Big thanks to Sarah Sabatino. Now, I like her story for a couple of reasons. And the first one is her career path is an example of knowing what your interests are and then finding careers that fit your interests rather than finding the career and trying to become passionate about it later. And it's interesting how her career path evolved while her interests pretty much stayed the same. And she just found new ways to pursue those interests. And the other thing I want to highlight here is the vital role, like Sarah mentioned, the vital role of the body donation in medical education. I mean, without that, it'd be pretty difficult to learn anatomy. So I'd like to thank Sarah and people like her who are doing important work in this area. As always, I'll have links in the show notes to everything that we talked about today. Don't forget, you can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. I'm at People of Path on those platforms. Or if you want to keep it simple, just connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you for continuing to share the show with others. And together, let's inspire the next generation of pathologists and laboratory professionals. This show is a member of Health Podcast Network, which connects listeners with conversations and stories about health, care, and well-being. You can find a link in the show notes to Health Podcast Network. And while you're there, check out some of their other interesting podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Dennis Strank, and I'll talk to you next time on the People of Pathology podcast.